Welcome to the Down to Business Podcast with Alex Kirby, where entrepreneurs and small businesses come to stretch themselves and grow their company. From interviews to in-depth discussions, you'll learn how to market effectively, increase profits, and become the leader your company needs you to be. Now, let's get down to business. What's going on, everybody? Alex Kirby here, Down to Business Podcast. Hope you're doing great today. We have a special episode for you today. I am interviewing and discussing with Mr. David Waldy, who's a world-class business strategist, also life strategist as well. And he's going to be sharing with us uh, across the board how to help us see our potential and how that can affect our businesses, help us affect our families, and just us as people. So I hope you enjoy this episode today. I hope it's life-changing for you. And make sure you like, comment, post, uh, share this anywhere you can. This is going to help a lot of people. So thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. How do you think strategically on the day-to-day side, Mm -hmm. but also think strategically on the life and like person and leadership side how like i know it's possible Mm -hmm. but it seems very difficult to to get those two things to overlap yeah does that make sense Mm -hmm. okay so it's a concept that i call aligned abundance aligned abundance Mm -hmm. it sounds cool it sounds cool but it's really um it's really simple because if we take a look at life and business, you can take any good business principle and apply it to life and vice versa. Mm-hmm. That if you're going to create something that is successful, right? You know right. this in business, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of energy. It's going to take a lot of investment, mm-hmm. whether that's time, energy, or resource, you're going to have to do that. And so I talk with uh, entrepreneurs and business leaders all the time who have done that well in business. But for some reason, they thought along the way that those same principles that they adhered to in building their business didn't apply to their marriage, mm-hmm. didn't apply to them as parents, didn't apply to them in their health, right. didn't apply to them in all these other areas, their, their spiritual life. And so you have all these people scratching their heads wondering like, why am I wildly successful in business? Or even if you're not wildly successful, why is business solid? Mm-hmm. Like business is good. It's growing. It's expanding, which I'm sure that's how a lot of, a lot of your listeners are is that, they're wanting to to grow their business. You've mm-hmm. obviously done really well for, mm-hmm. for yourself and you've got an incredible team and you guys do a lot of stuff. But one of the things that we neglect, or not one of the things, most of the things that we tend to neglect in growing and building a business are actually the things that really matter most that most people yeah, are- it just doesn't feel that way. It doesn't, it doesn't feel that way because especially as men, right? This isn't universally true, but especially as men, like our core masculine energy is focused on the prophet, priest, and king. It's like, we're supposed to go out and conquer. We want to kill something. We want to drag it home. We want to be mm-hmm. a provider. We want to be uh, leading our families. We want to be leading our teams. We want to be operating at the highest level that we can. But in doing that, we oftentimes sacrifice those things that matter most in the name of I'm building this business for my family, right? Right. A lot of people, I'm building this business for my kids, for my grandkids or whatever. I'm trying to be financially successful or to thrive in business because I want to leave an inheritance to my children's children, right? Honorable aspiration. But in the process, they forget that they're sacrificing the very thing that they're working so hard for. And they spend five, 10, 15, 20 years building this incredible business. And then you wake up one day and realize that the life you've been waiting on you've just missed for the last five, 10, 15, 20 years. I had this uh, thought the other day, I broke down crying in my kitchen. I'm staring out the window, looking at at the pond and I had a flash of my daughter. 
she just popped in my head. She's about to turn five. Mm-hmm. And I realized in that moment, I was like, she is a quarter of the way out of my life Dude. as far as living under my household. Yeah. Like, um, not out of my life, but you understand what I mean? That in you know, 15 years, she, she's on her own. Like she's going to school, the Peace Corps, whatever ministry, I don't know, (laughs) get get married. And in that moment, it would just reminded me of something that we oftentimes forget is that when you have this epiphany or this, this uh, wake up call, what we tend to do is we tend to revert to the negative. We start feeling guilty. We start feeling ashamed, like thinking about how much time we have left, how much time we've missed, all those types of things. But that's not actually what the epiphany or that realization is for. It's actually a gift. Right. It's a gift for us to recognize how we've been caught in this pattern of missing the things that matter the most. And now we've been given this awareness to say, okay, I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm going to create aligned abundance by focusing on who do I need to become, not only as a business leader, but who do I, who do I really want to be as a father? Who do I really want to be as a husband? Who do I really want to be as a leader? How do I really want to, to feel in my own body? How do I want to see myself? How do I want to talk to myself? Those are the, the questions that we often forget to ask. And we don't realize how much it not only affects our day to day, but it literally affects our business. Yeah. Because I mean, I, there's a passage in first Peter. I can't recall it off the top of my head right now, but I remember reading it in college when, and I was thinking about these questions before I got married, before I started my career, all these things. And basically the premise of it is if you take care of your relationship with God and take care of your relationship with how that affects you, your, your relationship with God and how it permeates your soul, everything else falls into place. This is the ver- I think the verse actually says something like that. Um, the problem is simplicity always sounds too convenient, <laughs> but it's not. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the trick of the world. Simple is the hardest thing on the planet for us to do. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that is that kind of what you're saying is, is that for business owners, but everyone, people in general, it's like we compartmentalize. Well, if I get, I got to get this done first and then I'll move on to the next thing. And if Mm -hmm. I get this area of my life fixed, then I'll move on to the next one rather than, and this is the thing I think you and I talk about a lot. And I think I'm landing my plane on with you is you're saying if you, focus on the coreness of who you are and who you want to be. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about all of the, am I going to be a good dad? Am I going to be a good husband? Am I going to yeah. be the husband I want to be your wife? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be a business owner? You're saying if you handle the one thing, it handles all the things. Is that what you're saying? Well, let me ask you a question. Are you a good dad? I think so. Yeah. Why? I know so actually. Why? Uh, because I'm very intentional about it. Okay. Are you a good husband? I th- Yeah. I have a lot room to improve, but yeah. Okay. All right. Are you a good business leader? Oh, that's that's tough. Before five months ago, I would have said yes. Mm-hmm. Now I'm. I would say I'm in the process. I'm on the path to being it. Yeah. My definition of good for that has changed. The other two have not. Right. Because I I know the other two. I studied mm-hmm. it in Bible. Yeah. I studied it with people I admire. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. I never really thought about what it takes to be a great leader until five or six months ago. Like yeah. it, in a, in, like I said, I'd never read a John Matt. I've never read any. Mm-hmm. I just was like, Oh, that person's a leader. I'm just going to do what they do. Or yeah, I actually really just do my own thing, but that's probably the problem. <laughs> I just was like, well, this works for me. So, <laughs> well, I think it's, it, it is a both end because you have to know yourself and you have to, you know, 
what you do that I, I so admire about you, Alex, is like, you know, your core values, you know, your convictions, you know what you yeah. stand for, you know what you stand against. You have no problem voicing that. And I just told someone um, that yesterday, I said, my three core values of who I am is honesty, transparency, and authenticity. Right. I just said, it's funny you said that. I just, and I never had verbalized that until probably a week ago. But what's really interesting is that even in adhering to those core values and operating from a place of authenticity where you're following what you mm -hmm. believe God has placed inside of your heart, the reason that I obsessively read and learn and I'm part of masterminds and hire coaches and, mm -hmm. and pay people to to come alongside me is because the more that I learn, the more I learn how ignorant I am. Mm, the more you uncover. The more that I read and discover, because the cool thing about a book is if you think about a book is literally the distillation of all of the years of brilliance that that person has chosen to put pen to paper and to share yeah. with the world. What's interesting, if you think about all these people that are wildly successful thought leaders or, you know, influencers or speakers around the world, there's not a single thing that you're going to hear them say from stage that they've not written in a book somewhere. Right. But the difference is the experience, the differences in proximity and all that. But without going too far down that rabbit hole, what's really important for us is to recognize that to me, my opinion is, is that if we're not actively pursuing the broadening of our knowledge base, it is a sinister form of arrogance that we think that we've got, we got it, it figured out. We've got it figured out. And again, the more that I like, the more that I learn and the more that I interact with other people and work with business leaders and, and just get in these rooms with people, the more I r realize again, how little I actually know about what's possible hmm. and potential and all these different avenues. And, and you've, you've seen this experience this before in business is just because something works does not mean it's the most efficient. Does not mean it's optimized. Does not mean it's safe. That's what I was does talking not, about with the like, six month thing. If you've I'll, got, I'll, just, I'll be the poster child of that. <laughs> I hired a girl in January. I mm -hmm. knew that we needed to go a different direction with my trades company, landscape yeah. company, trifecta. I didn't exactly know why. I just had a, like a feeling like this isn't going the way I want it to go. Yeah. Maybe from talking to you, if I, maybe when you were one of the things, because we've been knowing each other for a little while. So maybe mm -hmm. through these conversations, I started maybe thinking more de in depth about my processes. Mm. Processes was not something I thought about eight months ago. Then, and it probably had to do with our marketing company as well, thinking about that one, learning. Yeah. I, I started asking myself, what am I going to do differently with than what I did with my first one? Right. Hired a girl who's high level process assistance person, which mm -hmm. I've never had in my organization. Yeah. And what, what what was the quote you just said? What works doesn't mean it's the best. Yeah. Just because it works doesn't mean it's optimized. Yeah. Doesn't mean it, all that. Dude, right? totally exposed here. <laughs> like within two weeks, that's exactly what she said. She's like, this somehow works, <laughs> but this doesn't make any sense when it comes to like right. uh, replicating health mm -hmm. procedure, any of that. Yeah. And I was like, I've just been shocked at how right she was on that. Right. Everybody, we want to take a second to thank today's show sponsor, Jobber. If you guys haven't used Jobber, it is a leading CRM for your home service-based business. If you're looking to help with scheduling, invoicing, routing, Jobber is the way to go. So you're organized, efficient, and in charge of everything you're doing. If you want a discount, look in our show notes today. You get 20% off your first six months. And again, thank you, Jobber, for being a show sponsor and the company we trust at Trifecta Landscaping now for five years. You know, probably two years ago, I never would have said someone else was right about something in my business, you know? <laughs> like it would have had to come right. like right back around to like my idea. Yeah. But like, 
Man, but you're, you're the, you are the, yeah, you're so right. You're the prototypical entrepreneur that has drive, ambition, um, is fearless, tenacious, is willing to like, and believes that success is found in serving and solving problems. Mm-hmm. Like the incredible entrepreneurial heart, the entrepreneurial spirit that I'm such a fan of, but what happens, and this happened to me too, when I first started in business, I mean, it was, it was a couple of years mm-hmm. and you've experienced this on multiple levels, but you get to a point where you realize, yeah, all of this worked. And all of this has worked. Mm. And if I take a step back and I'm honest, I have to be willing to admit that what got me here right. is not what is going to get me there. Or was it necessarily like, I'm not going to say unhealthy, but surviving versus thriving, right? right? Like mm-hmm. that's the thing that I've been thinking about is I want to have businesses where, and I, I think with the marketing company, we're on the right path with that. And we're fixing the other one, and, mm-hmm. and I'm excited about it. It's been painful to fix, <laughs> but um, it, it's being, it's working. It's it's squeezing out the right. dirty mop, so to speak, and getting mm-hmm. clean water. That's the way I'm thinking about. Well, but, if you've been like we love baseball, right? You've been it. swinging your bat like say for years a yeah. certain way, and it works for you, right? And you have a batting coach, hitting coach, come mm-hmm. alongside and say, "Hey, make this one little tweak Dude. and change." It's really it's, hard. Transition. It's really hard transition. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're like, but this isn't how I've always done it. Right. But he, you know, yeah, his knowledge, his background, his experience or whoever it is, it can help you to make those modifications. Yeah, it's painful. But once you come out the other side, you're like, why did I never uh, like, how Dude, did I do it that yes. way before? <laughs> how did I do that? Right. And so like, let's attribute that to the business owner listening or, you know, the pi- this down to business podcast, we try to not just speak to the business owner, but the employee who's under a business owner so they can better understand the organization that they're in too. Right. Yeah. So I talk to guys all the time and I, and I can hear, I can hear four or five of them right now in my, my head who go, well, why would I want to do anything more than what I've been doing? It's worked so far. Or why would I want to grow at all? Yeah. Wasn't that more headaches? Mm-hmm. Talked to a guy the other day. He's like, I don't want a single employee. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, so you don't want a single thing more for your future than mm-hmm. what you have right now? Right. He said, I haven't thought about that. Yep. Um, so like, what do you tell the business owner listening? Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things to tell, but I guess the first thing would be when you have a person that you're talking to, right. Who's very like, let's say the people calling you are normally open to the conversation. Yeah. Have you had an experience with someone that you kind of ran into maybe in the airport, the mall that was a business owner and they didn't know they were signing up to sit by David Waldy. <laughs> and, then, and then 20 minutes later, they're like, their earth was shattered by what you said. I mean, what do you tell that person that's kind of like listening right now who thinks yeah. this is an episode that doesn't apply to them? And they're like, but they are the ones that this is supposed to be speaking to. How yeah. do you breach that wall? So what I found is that you can't make somebody want something. Mm-hmm. Um, you also cannot change other people. The only thing, like, this is so true in business too. And it's why these business principles are applicable in life. And you've seen this in marriage. I'll give you a little example here. Is that when you are fully committed to being the best version of yourself, of being present for your wife, present for your kids, working your butt off here in the business, Mm -hmm. growing, expanding, taking care of what needs to be taken care of, your wife blossoms. For sure. She blooms. Yeah. But when you're stuck in your head, when you're glued to your phone, when you're not a man of your word. Stuck in my head, it's mine. There's you can see and sense in your family, there's a wilting that happens. Yeah. And so for anyone that's listening, that feels like, how is this relevant or applicable to me? It's looking at your life and your business and knowing that 
every single thing that you don't like around you that you want to change mm-hmm. can literally be changed by you changing yourself. Source because back. Yeah. everything is a mirror. If you're constantly irritated or frustrated in a situation, it's not about trying to, <laughs> it, oh, everything's a mirror. That. No, I love that. But what's crazy Picture. is this, is that if you go internally and you do the deep work inside of, of shifting how you see yourself, of how you yeah. uh, shifting, how you see others, of focusing on what does success really mean to you? And you start to define who you want to become that process. What literally happens is a rewiring of the brain. So there's this thing called neuroplasticity mm-hmm. where we literally are able to transform how our brain works mm-hmm. because of our habits and behaviors. Our habits are these involuntary things that we just do. And if you want to create different results, you have to introduce different habits. The hard part about a habit though, you've probably heard this before, is you can't just get rid of it. You have to replace it. It's like this rut from this farmer who's woken up every single day for 20 years, got on his tractor and drove a mile out to the field. After a couple of years, those ruts were pretty pretty deep. He could get get on the tractor just drive and he could let go of the wheel. It's going to automatically go the same place by default, but a 1% change, a 1% change on that steering wheel, completely different destination. If it's, if he's driving for a mile, he's going to be all the way over here, not anywhere near where he was before. And so to anyone that's listening, that's trying to reconcile everything that we're talking about here. If you are, if you're struggling to figure out, okay, what is it that I need to change or what do I really want or, or how, do I, um, how do I make these changes in my life? You have to first look within mm-hmm. and you have to ask that question, what does success really look like to me? It's a big question. And who do I want to become? Because mm-hmm. and I think we've talked about that before about who do I want to become? But every single person on the planet, I can ask anybody in this room, every single person on the planet describes success differently. Chris, you have your mic on? I'm here. Ask Chris that to him. Chris, what's success to you, bro? Uh, success for me is a, is a leg is a life with a legacy worth living. Okay. And so if I, if I died tomorrow, what would be said at my funeral? Mm-hmm. And so, or, and what, cause what people say about me depend, I mean, obviously depending on how close they are to me mm-hmm. defines your legacy for anyone who comes after that. So, cause the only one who's still going to be talking about you are the people who remember you. Right. And the only people who are really remember you are the ones who love you. Yeah. And so what legacy am I going to live with or what legacy am I going to leave behind when I'm gone? I have a great example. Can I say it? Yeah. I just had a lady, um, who, who passed away yesterday in her sleep. That wasn't, that was my middle school, uh, small group. Her husband was our small group leader. Yeah. I haven't. See, I saw her for the first time like three years ago mm-hmm. at a trade show. Actually, me and Chris were attending. Chris, she was at that trade show we were at down at the fairgrounds, and uh, she passed away yesterday. And I heard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had a, a several people who like I used to know as a child pass away, but like I'm a. I was like my heart hurt mm-hmm. because what Chris is talking about, like. Yeah. Her husband and her poured into me for three years as a middle schooler. I did not know Christ at the time, Yeah, but they loved us so much. They did not have a single child in the youth group. Mm. They, their kids had were grown in through high school. I remember this and they only, they were like 50 at the time. Mm -hmm. So they were empty nesters, but that just wanted to love on kids at the church. Yeah, And I just remember that like really resounding in me that they Mm -hmm. had no reason to be a youth leader. They just loved people. Yeah, And so she had that effect on a lot of people. So like this is a tangible story on mm-hmm. that 
people are really worked up about this woman because she touched so many people with that yeah. legacy, Chris, like you're talking about. So anyways, I just wanted to share that and give her Nancy is her name and Nancy Flowers, rest her soul. But um, yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's, that's okay. It's, it's just, yeah. I'm actually happy because like Chris said that the legacy thing, that's what I thought yeah. about her is like how many lives she touched, mm-hmm. you know? And legacy is, I think a beautiful thing that obviously we can focus on for when we pass. But the question you and Chris do, like, when I talk about defining success, what does success while you're alive actually look like? Like, what does that definition look like to you? Not, not talking about legacy. What would my answer be to that? Well, you don't have to give me an answer. What's interesting though, is, is that every single person defines that a little bit differently. There's a reason that there are people that exist that want to live on a beach house in Maui and other people that would say, please throw me off a cliff. I never want that. But shouldn't there be a centered answer probably like at least somewhere in the middle. I mean, like most people should lean towards the center of one. Maybe you're on the left side of the center and right. Well, so it depends. Like right now in my life. That's how it feels to me. I could be wrong. Well, I mean, the point of it all is just to know that every one of us defines success differently, but every one of us defines failure the same. Oh my gosh. Failure is our inability to reach our goals. Mm. And if you're living a life where you don't you're not actively engaged in the process of setting goals. You're going to continue to get more of what you already have. Mm. And you're going to repeat this cycle and pattern. Your life will never actually change, which you might not want it to. Right. So when you, in your example, this guy who's, you know, who's saying, um, I don't necessarily want to have any employees. It's knowing that every person in different seasons, like I have friends that are running hundred million dollar businesses right now. Mm. Personally, I do not want that right now in this season, maybe one day, but right now, I don't want to be managing that big of an operation. I don't want all of my time taken up. I want to be able to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner with my kiddos. I want to dance in the kitchen with my wife 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. Mm. Now, could I be doing more and being more productive? Yeah, possibly. But my version of success right now in this season is- Doesn't mean more productivity. It's Again, it's that combination of legacy, but also knowing like there's got to come a point where all of us- answer that question when everyone and people say this all the time, you know, I want a million bucks or I want a million dollar business. I'm like, do you, do you? Well, yeah, of course I do. Why? Right. Like, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have financial problems. I could do whatever I want. Always I could go wherever. With finance, huh? Right. I could do like all these different types of things. And, um, I had one guy who actually told me this. He said, honestly, man, I just want to buy a camper. I want to take my family on the road for 12 months and just cross the United States of America and just like live on the road. And cool. I said, cool. You don't need a million dollars. He's like, yeah, I do. I was like, no, you don't. How much does an RV cost? And he was like, well, I could probably get a good used one for 50 grand. I was like, okay, how much do you need to live on the road every month? I don't know, like four grand, five grand, Three, maybe 4,000. And, and I was like, okay, so you need a hundred thousand dollars, not a million. And his, his mind was blown. Wow. He was like, wait, is that accessible to me? It? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But what's crazy is that we, we have all these ambiguous things that we throw out as like, well, I want that and I want this and, or whatever, but we don't actually answer the question why. And so kind of to bring this full circle. No, it's great. I have a comment after you're done. Yeah. Well, to bring this full circle, if you don't, if you're living in this state where you don't want to make changes, you are basically admitting to yourself and everyone around you, I want more of the same, which isn't intrinsically bad. It doesn't mean that that's a negative thing. That individual, he might not want to have those changes in his business. Maybe he doesn't want to have an employee. If that's 
if he has an, an, an actual reason why yeah. that makes sense to him and is in alignment with his goals and what he wants out of life, that's why some people can live in a van down by the river and be just as content and happy as a claim as somebody who, yeah. who's living in a castle in mm -hmm. Germany or whatever. Mm -hmm. Every one of us define that a little bit differently. But the problem is, Alex, is that very few people actually take the time to sit down and answer that question. To, to think about the, the why. The why. Why, why, do, why, why do why do we not are we afraid of what we're going to uncover? It's not that we're afraid that we're uh, what we're going to uncover is that we're comfortable. Like we get so it, it's St Stockholm syndrome. We get trapped in our situation and we fall in love with our enemy, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is complacency, mm -hmm. which is lack of drive, lack of ambition. It's procrastination. We it's see all, that more this we, now than ever. We fall in love with that because we're we're uncomfortable where we're at. But we're not so uncomfortable that we're actually willing to make a change. And the problem with this, Alex, is this is where you hear these stories over and over and over again that somebody had a wake-up moment. Yeah. Somebody got in a car accident. Somebody lost a family friend. Uh, something happened to your kid. Uh, something happened like you've had to file bankruptcy or you yeah. got sued. I am wanting every single person to not have to live their life and wait for that moment yeah. where they're confronted with the reality of their situation and say, okay, I can't live like this any longer. I have to make the change. But we get trapped in that Stockholm syndrome where we get, we've been captured by just the, ah, oh, life's okay. Like life's, it's fine. I mean, I'm not super happy. I'm not super thrilled. Like, but it's, it's okay. It's a good. dangerous place to be. Like, it is. I say dangerous because all right, the thing that I, again, transparency, the thing that I struggle with is I'm super ambitious, always have a vision, mm -hmm. but some of the personal small things like the 20 pound thing, or, mm -hmm. um, I wish I read more again. Like I used to read a lot. Yeah. I haven't read much in like a year and a half. It's just not a, it's just not a priority to you. Why is it not? Don't tell you why. I don't, it, well, I want but, it to be. And I'm not calling you out here. But just I want to, it to like, be. We're all this way, right? So we can say over and over and over again, I value this. This is a priority to me. This is important to me. But your behavior will betray you. I know, but how do you have time? Like, this is why I was going to ask a question, seriously, is when you, the business owner side, for sure, mm -hmm. it feels like my time is zapped mm -hmm. and even if I make a plan for my time, like I just got my first calendar ever, dude. Isn't that crazy? I'm serious. I never had a calendar. I have a Google calendar now. And like, it's funny because Brett will laugh at me and I'm like, hey, send me a calendar invite. And Brett, I live off a of Google calendar. Well, I know because you're the one that told me I needed to have one. Remember we were at the uh, retreat or whatever yep. with the, mm -hmm. the kids and stuff. And, um, but it's like each time I, something else like randomly pops up, they're like, yeah. next thing I know, I tell my wife, hey, I'll be home at 530. It's like 550. And then the 550, I'm already like, like mm -hmm. how do you make time for those essential things for the self-discovery, whatever the word is for it, um, without it being sabotaged? That's the question I was going to ask you today. It's a good question. And this is an uncomfortable answer that is not directed at you. It's just directed at, get goosebumps it's directed at all of us. Um, and for everyone listening, I, I hope that you can hear my heart through this is that if you have areas that you want to change and you're saying that you want to do these things and that they're important to you, number one, you're lying to yourself and you are out of integrity because a man or woman of integrity keeps their word to themselves mm -hmm. and to the people they've committed their word, period. There is no excuse. There's no justification. There's no anything. And, but what happens is this, Alex, we end up having these areas. Cause I'm dealing with some of that stuff right now too. That's not just to call everybody out. We're all in this boat together. <laughs> yeah. If we want to create change, I want you to, to think about a situation where 
say you know you want to do something, but you feel like you might punk out on yourself, but you tell a friend and you say, hey, I'm telling you that I'm committing to this. Why do we do that? We think that if we tell somebody, they're going to hold us accountable and do everything that we We don't, we are so scared of the feeling of being ashamed Mm -hmm. that we let them down. We don't care about letting ourselves down. We do it all day, every single flipping day. Right. But when it comes to somebody else, this is why accountability is so incredibly important is why I do what I do Mm -hmm. is that we can commit to the process of transforming our life, but self-sabotage is real. You're probably similar to me, Alex, is that you have all the right answers for everybody else, but not too many for yourself sometimes. We're all like that though. It's not, it's, it's, we all do to some degree because we, we forget the importance of, of having that accountability in our life. It's not that we've got somebody like, you know, a whip to our back saying, Oh, did you do your thing? Did you do it? Did you do it? It's like, no, I, I am creating this, this healthy level of you stress instead Mm -hmm. of distress where I'm committing to you. This is what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a man of integrity. I'm going to be a man of my word. And when you can start to look at your health or your relationships, or your financial situation, you create a specific goal. So say that 20 pounds, for example, mm-hmm. when you have that specific goal, if you know that you've been self-sabotaging, it means the only thing that you're missing is accountability mm-hmm. because you are a person. I know if you looked me in the eye and you said, David, I give you my word that by this date, I will lose this much weight. I will do whatever, whatever, whatever you would do it. I know, but I'd also, uh, but then the other part of me is like, you said, a shame, like, I'd be terrified to tell you that because then I, if I decided to overrule that, then mm-hmm. I'd feel terrible that I lied to you and I'd give some terrible excuse. Right. But you wouldn't lie to me. You know you wouldn't <laughs> I lie hope to me. I wouldn't. No, you know you wouldn't. All right. But what you if couldn't. I didn't do it? <laughs> if you didn't do it? Yeah, that means I'm not a man of integrity. You just said it. Yeah, 100%. And then that's the work. That's my biggest And fear. it doesn't matter to me. Like, I'm, I'm cool. If you don't want to be a person no. of integrity, that's that's cool. <laughs> Easy to say to my face. <laughs> that's the worst. That's like my worst fear. Right? My worst fear is for people to think I my integrity is mm-hmm. null and void. Which, I mean, it, which tells me that you would actually do it. Because you, that, that. I feel cons- like I would. And it's not that you're being driven I by the. I I've never done. I'm. I've never had a great accountability structure on myself. I, I get it. I'm running races faster than most. So they like, I, you know, <laughs> I hear you. But when it, the reason that I mention even accountability at all is that you, you mentioned, you know, if you tell your wife, you're going to be somewhere at a certain time, what's happening is that you are actually losing trust with your wife every single time that you don't actually do what you said. She you brought were going this to up do. to me yesterday. She said, and this is, she said, every time you don't put your, plate away when I go to bed mm-hmm. and you eat a sandwich or whatever. And then you don't, and when I wake up in the morning, it's there. I, she said it hurts every time. Mm. And for the longest time I've been like, hey, she's seriously a plate, like a plate paper plate. Mm-hmm. But then for some reason last night when she said it after a small group, I was like, yeah. To thinking I'm breaking her trust is I never really attributed it to breaking. I'm like, Oh, I just forgot. It's not but like I didn't really just forget. It's not that I she just doesn't don't care. Enough. Right. You don't care. But we're all like that. Right. I have the same conversations with my wife. And what is most important I found is not us getting this perfect. We're never going to get this freaking perfect mm-hmm. ever. But there's a difference between a man that is operating and not just men, but men and women who are operating from a place of, of real integrity mm-hmm. where you can look at them. I bet you have somebody that you know right now that if they told you something, there is not a doubt in your mind that they would be committed to keeping their word. 
Come hell or high water, there's no excuse. They will be there at the time they said they would be there, non-negotiable. Yeah. We all have the capacity to become that type of person. But when we talk about trust, it's not that your wife doesn't trust you. It's that there's a little part of that depth of connection and intimacy that could be in your relationship that you're sabotaging because now she's she's like, well, you know, Alex, she has stories. Does Alex really care about yeah, me? Yeah, that's exactly what Does, it is. And we think it's stupid. We think it's a plate, that's the, right? I dismiss it. And the reason being is we're trying to reconcile this logical reason. Why is it that big of a deal? It's just a flipping plate, right? And in her eyes in the eyes of the people that we love, that is oftentimes communicated as I don't value you. I don't appreciate you. And I don't care enough about you to actually do something about this. Yeah. It's or, not necessarily true. No, I mean, right. Yeah, sort of is your action speaking. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> the Actions, actions say it is. It does. And so that's why even going back to what we we're talking about before is that I don't care what people believe. I will I will know what you believe about yourself and about your faith and about your family by what you do. All I need to do is watch you. I don't need to ask you a question. I just need to watch you. Man. So let's like kind of to bring this full circle to the, to the, the business side. Mm-hmm. This, I think this is your point though. I just kind of almost went like, this is all the business side. The all per- of it. All of it is exactly. <laughs> um, what is, what's the biggest, let me ask you just a random question to kind of wrap up. Yeah. What's the biggest thing that you keep seeing mm-hmm. conversation after conversation right now Yeah, as like a, a negative trend when it comes to business owners or are you seeing burnout? Are you seeing uh, money is matters more than anything? What Like, you know, I could go on and on, but is there one that we could all be warned to? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because, you know, there are waves and seasons in the world that affect Absolutely. All, of, all of us in, a, in yeah. some trend. I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uncertainty right now. I mean, you turn on the news for six and a half seconds and you know, everything seems like it's on fire. The word recession and, has come up a lot the last right. two weeks. Inflation is um, at a 30 year high. The value of the dollar has lost 86% in the last 50 years. You look at all of, you know, everything from crypto to the stock market, to war, to COVID, like all of it, everything feels shaky right now. It does. And If you think about people, just for a generation past, what are the people looking for in times like these? Stability. Where does that stability typically come from? Their job. Okay. Who are they looking for, though? Who are they looking for? Who are they looking for? They're looking to the owner or the leader, right? They're looking to the owner. They're looking for a person of integrity, a person with vision. A person that's unshaken. Why do you think everyone loves Elon Musk right now? Right. I mean, gosh, that guy, people, if he says anything, the market shift 10%. A hundred percent is because he's a man of conviction. Right. He knows what he wants. He knows what he's pursuing. He's yep. doing it, you know, based on what he said, for the betterment of humankind, mm-hmm. right? His businesses attest to that. You can see by his actions, his behaviors and his choices that, hey, this guy, yeah, he's an incredible businessman. At the same time, he's trying to focus on helping the planet, helping other people, like yeah. doing all of these things. Um, and so people in these uncertain times, to answer your question in short, it would be, I would say it's, it's burnout and fear is that we, uh, the burnout side is one thing that simply happens because we don't understand energy mm-hmm. and how we operate as human beings, like on a physiological level mm-hmm. uh, and even a spiritual level, because 
energetically, I mean, just in simplest terms, you know, you can walk into a room and there's going to be a certain person or group of people that you're just naturally more attracted or drawn to. Right. And it's typically because of how they carry themselves, how they're conducting themselves. You know, it can be everything from what they're wearing, et cetera. We all have those predispositions based on people that are similar to us, like interest or whatever. Um, But if you are, if you are constantly living in this state where you're not taking care of yourself, you're not focusing on, you know, whether it's um, meditation or prayer, filling your intellectual tank by learning, growing and expanding, broadening mm. your mind. If you are not focused on, um, on the actual relational development between you and your kids, you and your spouse, all these little tiny buckets, there's really simple, but if you're not focusing on filling all of these, what ends up happening is that one gets drained. And so you're like, everything's great over here, but this one is like sucking wind. And so then what happens is we divert all of our energy and resource to focus on that one thing. And then all the other ones start to suffer. And eventually all those are just in flux so much, so often that we're not committed to consistency, discipline, habits, systems, things that I hate, by the way, Alex, none of us like these things, but they're literally what determine the result. And so if you can create a system in your life where you're focusing on the things that are most important to you and, and you are committed to working on them every single day, the natural chain reaction of what happens is all of those get elevated to where your cups and tanks are full. It doesn't mean you're not going to have problems. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have issues and frustrations and have to hire people and fire people and (laughs) deal with problem customers customers, but it does mean that you're able to show up every single day pouring from a cup that is full rather than an empty cup. So that's burnout. But the other one is fear is that we live in this day and age where, um, you've probably heard this before is an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset. Is that if you're in business for all of two seconds, you know, that focusing in a disproportionately high amount on your competition is a stupid thing to do. Right. It's good to keep an eye on them. Yeah. But if you're just like comparing and like, oh my gosh, look at their equipment and look at their signage and look at their trucks, you know, you'll live in this state. You're like, I'm never good enough. Yeah. And you feel like you're fighting against a- a- everything scarce is like, I'm just trying to get these clients before they get those clients. Right. And, and there's not enough for everyone. It is a zero sum game. You win or you lose. And when you operate from that scarcity mindset, everything feels like survival. Everything feels frantic. Everything feels rushed. Everything feels like we're just trying to make it. We're just trying to make yeah. it. But if you can shift that and recognize that there's more than enough for everyone, that there are, I don't know, what, like close to 8 billion people on this planet. I don't think people know how big that number is, <laughs> by the way. And you focus on, okay, I, I solve these problems for my clients, for my customers. This is who I am at home. This is who I am here, 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 and here. What you'll start to find is that you can actually have access to what everyone on the planet desperately wants, which is to feel alive, to feel fulfilled, to feel purpose, to feel passion, to feel excitement. doesn't mean you're going to be happy all the time. It's impossible to be happy all the time, but you can create a life where you are so fully invested in the moment and present that you start to realize like there's nothing but abundance around you, especially as a believer. Mm -hmm. You have the father who owns the cattle on a thousand hills the creator of the universe. And as a parent, if we just think about this through the frame of parenting, if you have your kid, let's take Sagey, for example, right? And you see that Sage is committed to wanting to, to do something and she's learning, she's testing, she's trying, she's going after it. And you can see like, she's there. You as a father, if you see her commitment level, you're going to do everything within her power to support, encourage, and build up and help make that a reality. But if she's sitting around on her booty 
complaining, whining, talking about how everything's unfair and she didn't get her cookie or her snack or whatever. What do we want as parents want to do? All right, have fun, little kid. Good luck. (laughs) And I don't know that God necessarily interacts with us that way, but I do think that there's something to recognize as parents. That's our, that's our natural response. Oftentimes in those situations is if we've got this little, little kid who is smart enough to make, you know, decent decisions, but they're complaining and whining and doing all this kind of stuff, just like we do every single day. It's like, oh, the freaking government and the taxes and all this. And, uh, and we're complaining, complaining, complaining. There's no wonder why you don't feel like you're catching a break anywhere versus you've heard the, you know, the rich get richer and the poor get poor. It's not just because of the financial element. It's because of a mindset thing is that if you have an individual that is going after things like I, I, I visualize God doing this. He's, he says, I've placed infinite potential inside of your heart. I've said, as you go preach saying the kingdom has come upon you, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. As you go preach, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Your word is a lamp under my feet. We don't necessarily know where the end is, but it doesn't mean that we're not on a very on intentional path, path yeah. focused on these things that we believe. Right. And they're just beliefs that God has placed inside of our heart. And if we are showing up every single day and be like, eh, you know, just give me the freebies. Like, like, give me my stimulus check. Give me, let me just work an okay job and do like no judgment here. But the reality is, is that you're not inviting or attracting anything into your life as far as favor is concerned. Whereas the person like you, it's a go-getter ambition, submitting to the Lord, focused on improving, growing. Guess what? You, Alex, you would acknowledge this. You get lucky a lot. Yeah, you, you, opportunity doesn't knock. You have to walk through the night in the hallway and see, and right? see some doors open. And it's not even luck, though. It's preparation yeah. meeting that opportunity. Yeah, but yeah. we, everyone's like, oh, you get so lucky, Alex. You get this conversation. Mm-hmm. You're working with these people over here, and you got this marketing. You're so lucky, man. Yeah. You're so lucky that you have all these business. You're so lucky that yeah. you... And you kind of just want to look at them and slap them sometimes. Sure. <laughs> because the truth is, you and I both know how much work and dedication has yeah. gone into it. And so when I look at it through that frame of making sure that we're not operating from fear is recognizing when you have a life submitted to God and you are going after the things he's placed inside of your heart, you should be living in a state of expectancy that every single thing that you need from your father is coming coming to equip, empower, guide, and direct. And yeah, you're going to walk down some roads and there's going to be some dead ends. You're going to make some stupid decisions. We're human beings. Mm -hmm. But if you choose to not live in that state of scarcity and fear and survival Mm -hmm. and instead shift your mindset and say, no, I'm going, I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know any of these things, but I'm committed to the process. Just watch and see how miraculous Mm. your life becomes because of what God brings into your path as you're focused on becoming the very best version of yourself. I love that. It's fun. I'm not going to talk about this, but yesterday Chris and I were talking about that with the, the docu-series. That's kind of what ended up happening with that. We, yeah. we spent a ton of time on this one project and it did not go where we thought it would go, but the byproduct of it, byproduct of it because of the path we chose to go and how hard we went with it, had things popped up after it that we didn't even consider. Yeah. So that's what reminded me of that. But, oh, David, that's a lot. That's a lot of Let good leave, stuff. I'll leave it. you with one little, leave me one, more. One, one little nugget, especially for those, even regardless of for anyone listening, uh, whatever your belief system is, whether you believe in God and follow, follow Jesus or not. Um, one of the most important things that I have found is that in this process of becoming, we are free to choose the path. 
one of the things that I think so many Christians kind of get stuck on is like, I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting mm-hmm. on God. God, give me a vision. Give me clarity. Give me direction. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And the problem is, is that I believe that he has placed unlimited potential inside of us. And just as we, with our kids, look at our kids and be like, what do you want to be when you grow mm-hmm. up, buddy? I know that you look at your kids like, mm-hmm. I want to help you achieve whatever those dreams mm-hmm. are. You might have, and that's where I think a lot of people miss it. Like, well, what is my purpose? What is my calling? What does God want me to do? Like, God just freaking wants you to love people, man. Right. Like, that's it. Just in whatever you do, just love people. Right. Share, operate in walking in the spirit and go after the things inside of your heart, trusting and knowing that as a good father would to his children, He'll provide, but he'll also discipline, guide, and correct you when Mm. it's necessary. Mm. You don't have to worry about making the wrong or right decision. Yes, submit Mm. it to prayer, but commit as a person of integrity, knowing that you will own the result, good or bad, and you will submit it back to God and say, God, thank you for teaching me. Thank you for allowing me to learn and grow. I'm not going to do that stupid thing again, instead of that guilt and shame that comes along with it. And you just go. I love that. Go become. Well... That's all we need to know, David. That's good. I hope it's been useful. It has been. And now let's, uh, you've, you've got a lot of great stuff where you talk about this and a lot of it's on TikTok. So tell people a little bit about where they can find you. Yeah. Your TikTok's blown up 350 plus. Uh, 300,000. Yeah. 300,000, man. Um, I think one of the most useful things that I could direct people to is, yeah, feel free to hit me up on any, any social media, but What's your handle, um, uh, just David Waldy, like David. David and Waldy is like Waldo with a Y. Um, but I have something free that I wanted to give your audience as well. It's called uh, the fierce empathy self-coaching framework. Okay. okay. So what this is, is basically a systematic way that I've used with my clients for years that I personally used um, in order to define very clearly who you want to become the goals that you want to create and how to systematically approach personal growth or personal development, whether you're talking about it through the frame of business or through the frame of life. And so um, for anyone that wants it, if you go to fierceempathyframework.com, there's two options and you can click it. It's a free download. There's no cost to it. It is like a 50 page ebook that will walk you step-by-step through everything that you need to start making the necessary changes you want in your life. Well, guys, you guys can check that out. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes. In um YouTube everywhere we have you can listen to podcasts whether you're on a channel or not. David, I appreciate it, man. This has been phenomenal. I hope to have you again soon. And uh, guys, down to business podcast. Thank you so much. Where we try to help you in the areas of business, finance, marketing, and everything in between, like today. So we'll see you next time. This is again David Waldy. Thank you so much, David, uh, for being on the show. Thanks, guys.